I appreciate uh, David Isaac Young getting us started on this new series. And as we begin this new series, I have a very important question for you, okay? This question is for our Azure campus, for our Walton campus, or our Coney campus. It's for everybody who's watching online. And the question is, how is your soul? How is your soul? How is the most important part of your life? How is the part of your life that is going to last for all eternity? Now, 2020, the year of 2020, has been a year of concern. And in March, we became very concerned with our physical health, so much so that we shut down the entire country. We shut down businesses. We shut down churches. We shut down schools. Only essential businesses were able to stay open. So grocery stores, gas stations, liquor stores, you know, the most important businesses were able to stay open. We were getting a daily update from the White House Task Force, updating us on the coronavirus and the pandemic, all right? We learned about social distancing. We learned about washing our hands. Uh, we learned about wearing masks. Many of us were quarantined for several months. Some people are still in quarantine. We're, sick. we're six months in. Our physical health became this, this huge concern. And then we became concerned about our mental health, right? Because we learned that being in isolation and being by ourselves and not having structure, not being around other people wasn't good for us emotionally, wasn't good for us mentally. A lot of people started suffering from de depression. A, a lot of people started coping with that, with drugs and alcohol. And then we became concerned about our kids' education, right? So is digital learning best for our kids? And some of our kids are digital learning and some of our kids uh, are in person. Some of our kids are a hybrid, like my daughter, Julia, who's in college. They're in a hybrid that some classes are online and some classes are in person. And, and parents are having to navigate through these things of what's best for our kids. Some kids are in public school. Some kids are in private school. Some kids are in homeschool. And some of us dads are more concerned, maybe not so much the education, but what about our kids' athletic careers, right? I mean, that's like a big concern. You know, is my kid going to make the travel team? Is my kid going to make the high school team? Is my kid going to get a scholarship? Or are, are they going to go pro, right? And so, of course, we have former professional athletes in our church. We have kids who grew up in our church who are now playing uh, professional sports, which is great. I did want to mention on a little bit of a lighter note, uh, we have two of our church members who were recently named to the Hall of Fame. We have two Hall of Famers in our church. I want to let you guys know about this. One is Kurt McKee. Those of you who know Kurt McKee, he's recently uh, named to the Columbus State Sports Hall of Fame. So congratulations, Kurt McKee. Um, Kurt's one of our discipleship makers. He's one of our small group leaders. And then the other person was uh, David Pollock. He was named to the College Football Hall of Fame. So we give them a big hand. We're, we're super proud of them. Uh, you could make the argument that they are the second and third best athletes at Greystone Church. Uh, really, really good uh, athletes. And then there was the concern about the economy. And with all the businesses shutting down, a lot of challenges with the economy, a lot of challenges with our finances, a lot of people are losing their jobs, a lot of people were, uh, were furloughed. It's become, a, it's become a huge issue, big concern 
about our finances. A lot of people have been concerned about the, the church finances, and I appreciate you guys asking about that. Uh, the church, we're about $140,000 behind so far on our year-to-date uh, giving. Now, we haven't, you know, we've been able to lower our expenses, uh, but it is a concern moving forward. Some people are concerned about politics right now, right? It's, it's an election year, and it seems like everything has gotten very political. And who's going to win the election, Democrats or Republicans? Who's going to have control? You know, who's going to have the power? Who's going to have uh, the control? Uh, many people are concerned about social justice issues. Others are concerned about criminal justice issues. Some people are concerned about immigration issues. And I recognize that all of these issues are really important. But what I am most concerned about is your spiritual health and well-being. How is your soul? How is your soul? Now, all of these other things like finances, you got accountants and financial planners and and as far as our physical health, we, we have doctors and scientists and the CDC and the World Health Organization. When it comes to sports and education, we have coaches and teachers. But when it comes to your spiritual health, you have a pastor, right? And that's what I'm most concerned about. That's what's so important to me. And I'm going to be held accountable to God for how well I care for your soul. Hebrews 13, 17 says, obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls and they are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. It's my job to watch over your souls. I'm going to be held accountable. I'm responsible to God for how well I have cared for your souls. This is one reason it was so important for us to, to reopen the church. Which, by the way, this is our 10th Sunday to be open, and we've had no issues whatsoever. Praise God. And if you haven't figured this out, Church is an essential business. Amen. We need to keep the church open because our spiritual health and the care of our souls is more important than anything else. It's the most important aspect of our lives. So what is the soul? There's a lot of confusion about the soul because we see TV and movies and cartoons and and you see a cartoon where maybe the character gets squashed and their soul, you know, either goes up or goes down. I remember when I was in the first grade, I received a book from our elementary school and it had a little prayer in there. And I learned this prayer. Some of you may be familiar with this prayer. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. How many people have heard that, know that, know that prayer? As I'm thinking about this as, as a as an adult, is this really the best prayer to be teaching our six and seven-year-old kids? If I should die before I wake, like there's a chance I'm not going to wake up, like I might die in my sleep tonight. And then, and then I pray that God would take my soul. I mean, could somebody else take my soul? Like these are, these are some 
deep questions for a six or seven-year-old kid. What is the soul? You know, we all have an outer life and we have an inner life. The soul is the inside you. Psalm 103, verse 1 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. All that is within me. The soul is the center of who I am. It is the inner me. It is the real me, the invisible me that transcends the physical me. It's the part of me that will live forever in heaven. Now, there's a huge difference between what is mine and me. What is mine and me? And so I would say, I have my house. Well, really, really it's not my house, it's Jennifer's house, right? <laughs> and everything's Jennifer's. Like, it's, it's not really my bedroom, it's Jennifer's bedroom. It's Jennifer's closet, it's Jennifer's bed. She allows me to sleep in it with her, and I appreciate, I appreciate that. <laughs> but me and mine, so, like, this is, this is my arm. But it's not really me, is it? I mean, you could, you could cut my arm off and I'd still be me. You could cut my other arm off and I would still be me. You could cut my legs off and I would still be me. The soul is who you are when you take everything else away. Take everything that's mine away and the soul is, is who you are. Genesis 2, 7 in the King James Version says, And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living soul. Dallas Willard wrote, What is running your life at any given moment is your soul. Not external circumstances, not your thoughts, not your intentions, not even your feelings but your soul. The soul is the aspect of your whole being that correlates, integrates, and enlivens everything going on in the various dimensions of self. The soul is the life center of human beings. What is the soul? It is your inner life. It is your private world. It is your life center. It is the inside you. It is the real you. So how is your soul? How are you really doing? Now, in this series, we are relating the soul to a do-it-yourself home renovation project. So we've introduced this character, David Isaac Young, DIY for short. And I appreciate DIY introducing the series to us. I have a confession to make as your pastor. I'm not proud of this, but I watch HGTV. <laughs> and I know that usually this show is, or this channel is watched by women and worship pastors who wear skinny jeans and low V-neck uh, <laughs> T-shirts. But I'm very familiar with HGTV. I've watched all the shows. I know who Jip and Joanna Gaines are. I've watched Fixer Upper. I know the hometown show that's based in Laurel, Mississippi, which is not too far from, from where, I, where I grew up, where my parents live now in, in, in Laurel. I'm familiar with the flip and flop shows. Now, my favorite of, of the home renovation shows, which would probably be no surprise to anyone, is the Vanilla Ice Project. 
right? That's, it's on the DIY network. And that, to me, that is, that is the best renovation show. I love seeing these old, broken down houses being restored and being transformed into something new, something that people love, something that people want to, to live in. I have deep concerns for your souls. Our pastors, we have a phenomenal pastors at our church. They have deep concerns for your souls. Our small group leaders, our discipleship leaders have deep concerns for your souls. But ultimately, it's a do-it-yourself project. Like, we can help you, but you have to take personal responsibility for your own soul. You have to take personal responsibility for your spiritual well-being. And today, I want us to evaluate our souls. How is your soul? How are you on the inside? When you take everything else away, how are you doing? Because that's really the most important thing. If you watch any of these do-it-yourself shows, these home renovation shows, the first thing they do when they walk into a, a house is they evaluate the condition of the house. What's good, what's bad, what can we keep? What, what do we need to throw away? What's damaged, what needs fixing? In the words of Vanilla Ice, what's dated and hated needs to be updated, right? So today I want us to do an inspection of the soul. How are you doing on the inside? How is your private world? How is your inner life? How is your soul? Is it damaged? Does it need repairs? Has it been neglected? Is, is the grass and bushes growing up, overgrown in your soul? Are there cobwebs in your heart? Is your Bible dusty? Is there corruption and corrosion in your spiritual life? Do you need a major renovation of the soul? Today, I want us to read a passage out of Matthew's gospel, Matthew chapter 16, verse 24 through 26. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. Verse 26, what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Point number one is there's nothing more precious than your soul. There's nothing in the world more precious than your soul. Not position, not possessions, not pleasure. Like you can have the highest position in the world. You can be the president of the United States. You can be the leader of the free world. But you wouldn't give that in exchange for your soul. You could have all the possessions in the world. You could move to Beverly Hills, that is, with swimming pools and movie stars. But if you forfeit your soul, 
What good is it? You could have all the pleasures that the world has to offer. But if you forfeit your soul, what does it matter? Your soul, according to Jesus, is more valuable than the entire world. You give nothing in exchange for your soul because your soul is eternal. Everything in this world is going to fade away. It's going to rust. It's going to, to burn. But our souls last forever. Nothing compares to your soul. Jesus is asking a rhetorical question. He's asking one of the most important questions in the Bible. He says, what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? And the answer is obvious, right? I mean, the answer is nothing. And Jesus isn't talking about the salvation of our souls. He's talking to Peter. And he's talking to the disciples. They're Christians. They're followers of Jesus. They're already saved. So I think we, we, we read this passage and we, and we think about Jesus talking about the destination of our souls. And we, so, we, so we don't worry about it. Well, my soul's good. I'm going to heaven. He's not talking about the destination of our souls. He's talking about the condition of our souls. How is your soul? He's talking about the well-being of our souls. What good is it to gain the whole world and forfeit your soul? What good is it to gain temporary worldly things and miss out on the abundant life in Christ? What good is it to gain worldly possessions and miss out on all these incredible spiritual blessings that God has for us. How is your soul? There is a war against our souls. 1 Peter 2.11, dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Earth is not our home. Our home is in heaven. We are sojourners. We're temporary residents. And the apostle Peter warns us to watch out for worldly desires that are waging war against our souls. We're in a daily battle. We're in a battle for our souls every day. It is a war. And when you're in a war and you're in a battle, your soul is going to get wounded, it's going to get damaged, it's going to get bruised, it's going to get nicked up, it's going to get injured. It's kind of like a football game, which praise God for football, right? I mean, isn't it great that we got high school football and college football and pro football? If you're a football player and you get in the game, I'm not talking about like standing on the sidelines, but if you get in the game, your uniform's going to get dirty. You're going to come out after the football game, and you talk to some of our football players. They are sore. They are bruised. They are dinged up. And as the season goes on, they're going to be injured, and they're going to be sore, and they're going to be tired, and they're going to be worn out, and they're going to be dinged up because they're going into battle every Friday night. 
We go into battle with our souls every day. How dinged up is your soul? How injured is your soul? How wounded is your soul? How damaged is your soul? We're so worried about our physical health. We're so worried about the economy. We're worried about our kids' education and all these, all these important things. But the most important thing is, how is your soul? What is the condition of your soul? Our souls are eternal. So what happens when your soul is damaged? What happens when your soul is neglected? What happens when your soul is unhealthy? Well, it affects our spiritual lives. It, it affects our walk with God. It affects our attitudes and our actions. It affects whether or not we're truly living a victorious life in Christ Jesus. It affects our connection with God and it, can, it affects our relationships with others. A healthy soul is connected to God and connected to others. And we're going to spend the next five weeks talking about this. Soul care, caring for our souls. Let me give you a couple practical things today. What do you do if your soul is damaged, neglected, or unhealthy? And we're going to talk about this over the next few weeks because I want us to have healthy souls. The first practical thing is Jesus' yoke restores the soul. The yoke of Jesus restores the soul. Matthew 11, verse 28 through 30, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. I don't know if any of you are weary and burdened. I will give you rest. Take my yoke and learn from me, because I am lowly and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What does it mean to be yoked together with Jesus? Jesus says his yoke is easy and his burden is light. What, what does it mean that the yoke of Jesus restores our souls? Well, Jesus often taught uh, using illustrations, uh, and in, in the times of uh, farming, agricultural culture. And so a yoke is, is a large wooden beam, and you would yoke together two oxen, okay? You'd put, you'd put two oxen side by side. They'd be yoked together. They'd, they'd be strapped together, this large wooden beam, and a chain going back to a plow, right? And, and the oxen would, would pull the plow and, and plow the field. And so when Jesus says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light, what he is saying is, yoke yourself with me. You and Jesus, side by side, yoke together, and Jesus is carrying the load. He's the one who's carrying the burden. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. I don't know if you've ever helped someone move a piece of furniture. Maybe you got you know, two guys on one side of the couch and two guys on the other side of the couch. And you're lifting one side, but, but your partner's like super strong, like Brian Lane, and he's really carrying the whole thing, and you just kind of got it like this, you know? 
That's how I like moving furniture. Get some big, strong guys to help me. Well, when you're yoked together with Jesus, he's the one carrying the load. He's the one who restores our soul. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. Second practical thing is God's word revives the soul. We've been focusing a lot, I don't know if you guys have been recognizing this, but a lot on getting into the word of God and allowing God's word to transform our lives. Psalm 19.7 says, the instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. And so we're beginning a brand new daily Bible reading plan with DIY for the soul. So it begins tomorrow. We have copies at guest services. You can go to the YouVersion app, the Bible app, and you can uh, search for DIY for the soul, and you can follow along. Not only do we have verses, uh, but the staff have written devotions that go along with the verses. And so the application today is to take responsibility to care for your soul. We're going to do everything we can. We want to give you all the resources we possibly can to help you, but it's a DIY project. You have to take responsibility to care for your soul. So today and during this series, we're experimenting uh, with a new worship service format, okay? And so we've saved the worship for the back end. We've saved the the singing of songs and the worship uh, for the back end. And we want to give you a chance to respond to God's word. We want to give you a chance to pray. We want to give you a chance to care for your soul. Like you, you've heard the message, God is speaking to you, and now you have a responsibility to, to respond to the message. And so uh, Luke uh, one forty six, Mary responded, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. And so we're going to sing praise and thanksgiving. You can stay in your seat. You can stand up. You can raise your hands. You can get on your knees. You can lay flat on your face. Whatever you want to do, we're going to have a time of worship. Also, we have different stations here, and this is at all the campuses, and it may be laid out differently at the different campuses, but we have a cross. If you want to go over to the cross and bow down at the cross, and cast all your anxieties on Jesus because he cares for you. We have the cross there uh, to do that. Uh, 1 Peter 2, 24 to 25 says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. You were like sheep going astray, but now you've returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Jesus is the shepherd and overseer of our souls. Jesus is the guardian of our souls. So you can go to the cross and you can pray at the cross, the foot of the cross. We also have the Lord's Supper here. If you would like to participate in the Lord's Supper, we have the individual packets, which are safe and sanitized. And so you could pick up a packet and, and go back to your seat. And maybe that's how you respond in worship today. You, you want to thank Jesus for his death on the cross. He, he's been crucified. And you celebrate the Lord's Supper. It's one of the sacraments of the church, one of the ordinances of the church. Uh, the bread is symbolic of his body that died for us. The cup is symbolic of his blood that was shed for us 
Jesus says to do this in remembrance of me. And so you're going to have plenty of time to, to come and, and take of the Lord's Supper. Over here, we, ha- we have a hope chest. And this is an opportunity for you to put uh, faith to your prayers, to write your prayers down on, on, a, on a piece of paper and put them in the hope chest. And, and we're going to be praying for you with those. It says in Hebrews 6, 19, this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. So this is an opportunity for you to take a step of faith and to write down your prayer. Write it on a piece of paper and say, God, this is what I'm hoping for for my life. This is what I'm hoping you're going to do in my life. God, or this is what I'm hoping you're going to do in my children's lives. This is what I'm trusting you for, God. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Maybe your response to, to the service is to give your offering, and we haven't had a space in the service to do that. And so maybe for you, it's going to the offering boxes and giving your offering and going out to the, the giving kiosk and giving uh, your offering. Maybe you want to pray with someone. We're going to have a prayer team available uh, in the back corner here at the Ozor campus. I'm not sure where everybody's going to be at the other campuses. But if you want to pray with someone, we'll have a prayer team uh, in the back corner that would love to pray with you. Our online campus, Jamie Barwick, our online campus pastor, he's going to post his phone number so you can reach out to him and call him and he will pray for you as well. So our bands are going to come, our worship leader is going to come. We have three songs prepared and so that we're not in any rush. It's an opportunity for you to pray, to worship, to care for your soul, to go to the foot of the cross, the Lord's Supper, the hope. Whatever God is leading you to do, let's take personal responsibility for our souls. All right, let's worship him. Let me pray for us. God, I thank you so much that Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. God, I pray for all of our souls. God, they are dinged up, they are damaged, they are neglected, they are battered. We're in a war every day. We're in a war for our souls. And I pray today, God, as we move into a time of worship, we move into a time of caring for our souls. God, I I pray that you would restore our souls. God, I pray that you would revive our souls. I pray, God, that we would begin to move toward health, spiritually healthy lives. And we thank you, God, for this time in this busy, crazy world we're living in. We thank you that we've carved out some time right now just to spend time with you, just to worship you, just to put our focus and put our gaze on you. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.